We'll read this morning from Psalm 136, verses 1 through 3. Will you read with me? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. How are you doing this morning? How's your day going? Is it just one of those days where no one was cooperating when you were trying to get out of the house and every other car on the road was part of a broad conspiracy to make you late and even the traffic lights were part of it? I don't know about you all, but, but the traffic light at Penn and Danforth has my number. Just I, I never catch it. So, or is it, is it a good day? Are things going your way? Are people kind and helpful and, and people are going out of their way to, to be of help to you? Are you extraordinarily blessed this morning? Did you know that our frame of mind and our heart has as much to do with how we answer that question as our circumstances? The way that we look at the world, the way that we see things, the way that, we, that we're fundamentally positioned toward God's world defines how we see things and how we experience them. The way that our day is going depends largely on us. And one of the things that can make the biggest difference is gratitude, is if we're thankful. So that's what we're looking at this morning. My name is Brandon Blackson. I'm the associate pastor here, and uh, I'm so excited to be with you and to share this message. Our senior pastor, uh, Mark Foster, had knee surgery this week, and that all went well. He's home and doing well, and uh, I believe he's worshiping with us online. So hi, Pastor Mark and Chantel. We're excited that you're here, kind of. <laughs> and uh, I know he's going to come back and be like, okay, I left the associate pastor in charge, and now he's doing shout-outs during worship. <laughs> well, uh, I guess we'll have that conversation in a couple weeks. But, but it's a great day to be with you, and we're excited about uh, this series. We've been going through a series about prayer. It's called Help, Thanks, Wow, Amen, and we're looking at these one-word prayers, these simple prayers that can absolutely change our lives, that, that totally change things for us, just by saying one word, just speaking one word to God. And so uh, we started last week with help, and that's the first great prayer. It's one that many of us almost instinctively utter whenever we're in situations of need, whenever we find ourselves in need of God's help, we, just, we say help. And whether that's in a large, you know, um, situation that's going to affect the rest of our lives or if it's just a small thing like, uh, you know, running late and, and hitting a red light at Danforth and Penn, we can pray help. And God loves to hear our prayers. God loves to help us. And God loves for us to ask him for help. And, and so help is the first great prayer because we recognize that no matter how far we go, we're always dependent on the grace of God, that we always need God's help and God loves to give us that help. And so today we're moving on to the second prayer, and, and um, if you've looked at the, if you were paying attention whenever I told you the name of the series, you figure this out, but today we're talking about thanks, about thanks. And uh, thanks is one of those things, you know, it fits really well for November, um, Thanksgiving's coming up, but, you know, thanks are one of those things that we want to be, that we want to characterize us, that we want to be grateful people, or at least we, you know, we, we know that we ought to want that, right? I mean, we don't always necessarily feel that, but we know, yeah, and gratitude is a good thing, and if I would be more grateful, I'd probably, you know, be happier, although if someone tells you you should be grateful, you know, that, that doesn't really help, does it? Thank you so much for that good advice. <laughs> 
That's so helpful right now. Um, but we know that. We know we want to be grateful. We want to experience that. Whenever we're in that mind frame, we know that things tend to go better, and uh, we tend to be in a better space. And um, I guess uh, God knew that I'd have to preach on this this morning, so my four-year-old was not cooperating, and I was trying to get her out of the door by myself. And I was like, okay, what are you thankful for? And uh, I got an opportunity to practice what I preach. So just so you know, we, we do try to practice what we preach around here. But, uh, but it's difficult. We all want to be more grateful, but often we don't feel grateful. And there are a variety of reasons for that, but, you know, sometimes we just don't feel it. And, and it's difficult to get there whenever you don't feel grateful. But we know, we see throughout the scriptures that uh, all of these encouragements to give thanks, to be grateful, to, to thank God. And, and Paul even puts it this way in First Thessalonians. He says, give thanks in what circumstances? All circumstances. For this is the will of Jesus Christ for you. And, and I don't know about you, but there... That's a difficult one for me to follow. There's just a lot of circumstances that I'm in that I really don't feel like being grateful, you know? I'm not grateful whenever I'm running late and catch a red light. That's just not where my mind goes. There are a lot of things that are difficult, and I don't feel that way. I just don't feel grateful. And, you know, there, there are a lot of things that keep us from gratitude. I wonder, what is that for you? What's keeping you from gratitude? If you're following along on your sermon notes, there's not an answer for that blank. It's just for, for your answer. But there are a lot of things that keep us from that. Sometimes it's just we're busy. You know, we're just going from one thing to the next. And we don't have time, time to be grateful because we're just trying to figure out how to get through the day. We're just how to get through everything we have to get through, how to get people in line and, and get all of our stuff done, check off the boxes that have to be checked off. And, and we don't have time to think about anything. We, we can't reflect and say, are you grateful for anything? I don't know. I'm just trying to survive. Sometimes it's, it's we're, we're too focused on what we lack, on the things that we don't have. And we see, you know, our, our neighbors who have a lot more than we do, and we think, you know, if, if I just had, you know, a house that was as big as theirs, or if, uh, if my car was as nice as theirs, if, if I got the kind of recognition at work as they do, or if people would appreciate me, we, we just see the things that we lack, and it's hard to be grateful whenever you're focused on the things that you don't have. It's hard to be grateful in that mindset. And then sometimes we're not, we have trouble getting to gratitude because we're, we're suffering, we're in pain, there's something difficult going on, we're going through a difficult situation, we, we have health issues going on, or we have family members who are struggling, things are difficult at work or at home or at school, and, and it's difficult in that mindset to be grateful because we're not grateful for what's going on. We're not. It's difficult. And this is how Steve Harper puts it. He puts it, how are we to give thanks in every situation when some situations seem to come not from the will of God, but from the pit of hell? If you've been in those situations, you know it's really difficult to be grateful whenever it feels like, like you're in that place, whenever it feels like everything is conspiring against you, whenever you're, you're struggling and suffering and going through a hard time. And yet, whenever we are grateful, it makes us better able to get through those times. It helps us to grow and, and to experience those in different ways, and, and instead of being us down, those situations can form us and make us stronger, and gratitude is the key. So how do we become grateful? How does that happen? Because it's not something, you know, it's not just, if I tell you to be grateful, it's not just going to flip a switch and you're going to go to lunch and be like, wow, I'm so grateful. I never thought of that. And he told me, and now I'm grateful for everything in every situation that I find myself in, right? I mean, I could stop now if it worked that way, but but I'm not going to because it doesn't. But we need to learn how to be grateful. And and it's so important because if if we don't, if we're not grateful, our lives are going to be devoid of joy, we won't have joy in our lives. Do you know someone who's really joyful, who's not grateful for anything? Like, do you ever see those things together? 
they're a pair. They, they coincide with one another. They, they go together. Whenever we're grateful, then we're able to be joyful, to be filled with joy. And I, I will take all the joy in my life. I think I'm fairly joyful, but I don't have an, I guess I'm focusing again on what I lack, but, but I'll take all that I can get. And so whenever we learn to be grateful, then we do allow more joy to come into our lives, and we're able to share it with others as well. And so all of this is possible for us. All of this, that command that Paul gives us to give thanks in all circumstances, he, he's not just holding it over our heads and like, if you're really good people, you would do this, but I know you can't. It's possible. And it all begins with the word, with thanks, just with saying thanks. That's where we start. So what we're really about today is growing into gratitude, growing into people of grateful hearts who are grateful to God for all that we have, whose character is fundamentally shaped by gratitude. And it's, it's important for us because help is a great prayer, but if we stop there, we only see our lack and uh, I was thinking about this as I was listening to Pastor John's sermon last week, but, you know, for a lot of us, and, and this is true of me sometimes, a lot of times my prayer is just a really long to-do list for God. Have you ever been there? Like, God, please help me with all of these things, and please help other people with all of these things. I can't think of anything else, so amen, right? And that's it. And, and that's good. It's good for us to ask for help. I mean, I hope, I don't want to say that that's not the case. That is, that's why we had a whole week on it. That's important. But if we stop at help, then we're only focusing on the things that we lack. We're only seeing the things that aren't right. And so if that's the, all that's taking place whenever we have conversation with God, whenever we spend time in prayer, then we're probably not going to enjoy that time. We're just going to, you know, hand it off to God and be like, okay, here's all the stuff that's wrong. Go and fix it. And, but that's not really um, a foundation for a good relationship, for human or a relationship with God. And so we're, we're turning this week to the Psalms to learn about how to pray from the Psalms. The Psalms are the prayer book of the church. And, and we Christians for generations and our Jewish brothers and sisters before that turned to the Psalms to learn how to pray. This was the, um, the, the worship book of the people of Israel. Uh, the Psalms were originally sung, and, and they give voice to really every human emotion, the full range of human experience. And, and sometimes with, with such, um, such brutal honesty that it almost makes us flinch, we're surprised that, uh, that the writers of the Psalms would speak so bluntly to God. And yet they lay it all out there. And in doing so, they, they model for us what prayer can look like, what it looks like to have an honest but vital life of prayer. And so we're looking today at Psalm 36. That's what we just read. And, and it's a call to give thanks to God for he is good. And this is probably one that was used in worship as a kind of call and response hymn. And so if you notice every um, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. And, and after every verse that it ends with for his steadfast love endures forever. And so the leader would sing the first part and then the congregation would respond um, with the second part with for his steadfast love endures forever. And so as they would sing this together, they would remember all the reasons to give thanks to God, and that God's steadfast love does endure forever, that God's love is forever. And so it was a reminder for them. And so it begins by calling the people to give thanks, and then really it's kind of a litany of all the reasons to give thanks. And, um, and, and the overall reason is because God is good, and his love endures forever. And so it goes on to list the reasons that we give thanks to God, and the first is because we can see God's goodness in creation, we see God's goodness in all that God has made. And as we look out at the world and, and we see nature, as we look into the sky and see the stars, and as we learn about all the things that are going on in space that we can't see, uh, we see the goodness of God, the amazing wonders of God's creation. 
as we look around, we see all the things that, that are possible because of what God has created, the fact that we have air to breathe and, and warmth of the sun. And, and by the way, today's a good day to store up thanks for the warmth of the sun, apparently, according to the forecast. But, but we give thanks for all those things because we can see God's goodness in what God has created. And so this is what the psalmist says, God who alone does great wonders for his steadfast love endures forever, who by understanding made this heavens for his steadfast love endures forever, who spread out the earth on the waters for his steadfast love endures forever. God has done all of this because of God's love, because that's fundamental to who God is. And so as we experience the wonders of creation, as we experience sunrise and sunset, as we um, recognize the beauty of the world that we live in, and even as, as we experience the things that we take for granted, just air to breathe, water to drink, all of those things, we give thanks because it's all part of the world that God created. And it shows us God's goodness and reminds us that God's love endures forever. So we can see God's goodness in creation. We also see God's faithfulness in the past. We know God is good because we can see God's faithfulness in the past. And specifically, the psalmist remembers the story of Israel and how God delivered them from Egypt. And so it goes, with a strong hand and an outstretched arm, who divided the Red Sea in two and made Israel pass through the midst of it. They remember the Exodus, God delivering the people, seeing their suffering and slavery in Egypt, and then delivering them to freedom and giving them a land, making them a nation and helping them to prosper and become great, at least as as long as they were faithful. And God blessed them with all of that. It was all a gift. And so they remembered and gave thanks because they could see in their past God's goodness. And so for us, we can also see God's goodness in our past. We remember the things that make us who we are, and we include that history. As we look at the history of Israel and the church, as we look at the history of Jesus, as we look at his life, how he suffered for us and rose from the dead and invited all of us into life, we remember God's goodness in the past, and we give thanks. We give thanks for all that God has done. We remember, and as, we, um, as Megan shared about the stories that, and the, the rituals that we remember at, at Thanksgiving, we, we remember the things that God has done, the blessings that we've had, the people in our family who have been means of God's grace to us, how we've experienced God's love through them. All of those things are opportunities for us to give thanks because through them we remember the love of God and that God is with us. We've seen God's faithfulness in the past. And then finally, they give thanks for God's provision for our daily needs, for our daily needs. And, and uh, it kind of starts really broad, giving thanks for all of creation that, that spans the entire universe, and then looks more specifically at, at the history of their people, and then gets really narrow at the end, and, and just the, the particular daily needs of the people. And so it says, who, God who gives, fle- gives food to all flesh. And just something as simple as the fact that, that we have a meal in front of us is an opportunity to give thanks. Something that really all of us take for granted, I think. I mean, I don't think any of us worry about where our next meal is coming from or, or any of those kinds of things. But for the majority of humankind throughout history and, and even today, that, that's a, a live question, is how am I going to eat tomorrow? And it's so easy for us to get, forget what an amazing blessing that is. To take for granted the fact that we have food, that we have something to eat, is a sign of God's goodness. And so even something as simple as eating is an opportunity for us to say thanks. To say, thank you, God, what a blessing that I have food to eat, that I have this blessing before me. And so we begin by recognizing God's blessings, whether large or small, and saying thanks. 
And so we have this opportunity every time we're, we're blessed just to, to say thanks. And maybe one way of doing that is just anytime you hear yourself say thanks, because one thing I know about the, those of you I've had the chance to meet so far in the time that I've been here is you have good manners, or at least you act like it, and, and I can't tell the difference. But you're good at saying thanks. We say thanks. And, and so maybe we're trained to do that. I don't know about you, but that kind of comes out of my mouth automatically and doesn't require much thought. I mean, that's a good habit to have. But maybe every time you hear yourself say thanks, it's an opportunity for you not just to thank the person who's done something for you, but to thank God. Just to say, thank you, God. Thanks for holding that door open for me. God, thank you for this person who held the door open for me. Whenever you're checking out at the grocery store and they hand you your seat and, and say, have a nice day, and you say, thank you, you can also say you too. I don't know. It depends on how much of a hurry you're in or if they're still listening to you, I guess. But, but it's an opportunity. Thank you for that there's a grocery store in my neighborhood or where, however far you drive. Thank you for this person who's, who's serving me in this way. All of those things are an opportunity for us to give thanks. And as we do that, we begin to look at the world differently and see not just the things we don't have, but how abundantly God has blessed us, how many blessings there are in our lives that we have to be thankful for. But there's still that question, how do we give thanks in all circumstances? Okay, I recognize that yeah, whenever I have food, I can be thankful for that. Whenever someone is kind to me, when they hold the door open or serve me in some way, I can be thankful for that. But what about in those really hard situations? How, how do we deal with that? Because one of the greatest threats to gratitude is suffering. Whenever we're suffering, it's really hard to be grateful because we're not thankful for the thing that we're going through. We're just not. We're not thankful for whenever our friends are hurting or whenever, we're, whenever our health is bad, whenever things are going on, we're, whenever we are struggling with our finances and we get another bill and have to pay interest on our credit card or not. Thank you so much, God. I, I love paying interest to my credit card company. I'm so grateful for this. Thank you. We don't, we don't do that. We're not grateful for those things. I think one of the things that's helpful for us to, to, to recognize is whenever Paul gave that, that command, give thanks in all circumstances, that the preposition he uses is in. It's not for. It's not give thanks for all circumstances. Don't give thanks that you're really struggling, that you, that you lost your job, that your family member's in the hospital, but give thanks in those circumstances. And one of the things that we can do is whenever we're in the midst of pain is we can look for blessing. We can look for blessing. We can, even though the situation that we're going through is not something we want to be going through, it's not something we're particularly thankful for, we can recognize that God is still moving in that situation, that God is blessing us somehow, and, and that there are people who are in our lives who are helping us, even in the midst of that. I think back to when my, um, when my dad was in the hospital. He, he had a stroke a few years ago and was in the hospital for about two months before he died, and uh, that was really hard. I was not thankful for that situation at all. But looking back, I'm really thankful for all the doctors and nurses who made it better for us, who were so kind to him and so kind to us. I'm thankful for all of our friends and family who bought us meals or who gave us grace. I'm thankful to the church that I was serving that was really, um, that was really understanding the fact that I couldn't be around very much whenever, um, whenever he was there. There were so many people who made it so much better for us. And whenever I'm able to focus on that, it didn't, didn't fix what was wrong with my dad, but it made it so much better. It made me realize that God was blessing me even in the midst of that awful situation and helped me to become grateful. This week, I've gotten news of several family members who are going through difficult things, and, you know, I had this on my mind, so uh, I was like, okay, I better, you know, try to put this into practice. And so I, was, I prayed, I thanked God for things in their lives that, 
um, that I knew God's grace was there. I wasn't happy for them for the situations that they were going through, but I could see ways that God was blessing them. And so I prayed for them, and I said thanks for the things that God was doing. And, and it helps. It helps. It helps us to see that God is at work in any situation, even the ones that, that we don't want to be in, even the ones that we're not particularly thankful for. And so we can be grateful in those situations, even whenever they're really hard. And ultimately, whenever we're in those situations, our gratitude doesn't come from our circumstances, not just the things that are going on, but from who God is. Our gratitude really derives, as people of faith, from who God is. And as we see throughout that psalm, every line, God's steadfast love endures forever. Who God is is fundamentally a loving God. And um, as, as I was reading and preparing this week, there's a, a retired seminary, prof- or a, I'm sorry, a retired uh, pastor who was asked, you know, what was the hardest thing for you when, during your ministry? And what he said was, the, what, what was most difficult is all the people that I was talking to who fundamentally thought God was out to get them. And sometimes that's, that's the way that we see God, as someone who's looking at us trying to make sure that we don't screw up, that we don't mess up and do things wrong, that we do everything right. That's not who God is. That's not the God that we receive in Scripture. God does have expectations of us, but who God is at the core is fundamentally love, is the God who became human in Jesus Christ, who came and lived among us, was born to a poor family, and, and who, who lived and taught among the least and ultimately suffered and died for us and then rose again and invited all of us into life. That's who God is, someone who, who's characterized fundamentally by self-emptying love. And whenever we give thanks, ultimately that's what our gratitude is for, not just for the things that we have, not even for the people who are in our lives, although we are grateful for those. We're grateful for who God is, because God is good, and God's steadfast love endures forever. So as, as we're trying to live into this, as we're trying to move into being grateful in all circumstances, even as we're not grateful for all circumstances, one of the things that we can do is develop a rhythm of gratitude. It's good for us to try to recognize situations where God's blessing us and to say thanks, but, but we need a little bit of help making it a habit, letting that grow into a habit so it doesn't rely just on our own memory, because if you're like me, that won't get you very far. But we can create habits and rhythms that help us to become grateful, that form us in, in, in gratitude. And so one of those is one you may already practice, and that's just giving thanks at meals. Um, just recognizing that this meal that I'm about to eat is a gift and giving thanks for that. And uh, I, don't, I don't know about you, but in our family, it was like we gave thanks at dinner, whenever we were eating with others at home, you know, it was really specific. But we all have opportunities, and whether your breakfast is a cup of coffee or, you know, eggs and bacon, you have the opportunity to give thanks because God has blessed you. And then if you do that, and it applies to, to full meals and meal replacement shakes equally, okay, so that, that counts. But that, that gives you a rhythm of three times a day to give thanks to God, to be grateful. And really, maybe that's what would be helpful for you is, is just to, to, if you're in that habit, to really stop and, and think about your gratitude. Because I don't know about you, but for me, my, uh, I have the prayer kind of memorized and, and I go through the motions, but, but don't really stop to, I say thanks, but my heart is not really in it. So maybe that's just stopping and, and just allowing your, that to sink in and recognizing how grateful you are and how, blessing, how much of a blessing that is. Another way that we can make gratitude into a habit and, and into a rhythm in our lives is, to, is by reviewing the day. At the end of the day, reviewing the day using the prayer of examine. 
This comes from the Jesuit tradition from St. Ignatius of Loyola, but it's kind of a way of a re- reviewing your day and seeing where God was present. And, uh, and so they um, go through their day and, and look at ways that God blessed them and, and gave thanks for those. They'd also look at, at uh, places where they had the opportunity, where God prompted them, or they had an opportunity to serve and, and missed it. And so they would confess those, and, and, um, and then they would look at opportunities they have to do better the next day and, and resolve to put those into practice. But it's a way of reviewing your day. And so one way that we might do those is just before you go to, that we might put this into practice is before you go to bed, just, just go through your day, think through it, and think of the ways that, that God blessed you or that someone did something for you. Think of the things that you're grateful for. And so as I was doing this last night, I, I was grateful for a big blessing. My, my sister and brother-in-law came into town. I haven't seen them in a few months, so that was great to get to spend time with them. I was also really tired, so I gave thanks for my bed. That's on my list for the day. I mean, it doesn't have to be big things, but, but as we go through them, we realize the, the volume of blessings. I think our hand, if we wrote them all down, our hands would get tired before we ran out of things. But at the end of the day... Um, Remember the ways that God has blessed you. Some of you may be familiar with the old hymn, count your blessings, name them one by one, and you'll be surprised to see what God has done. And that's true. Whenever we count our blessings, we're amazed to see the way that God has been present and blessing us. And then finally, we can do that by celebrating communion every week. And that's something that we do here. And, and the, the Greek word for communion, and it's still used today by many Christian traditions, is Eucharist the Eucharist. And that's just the Greek word. Literally, it means thanksgiving. And so the name that they gave to the meal that Christians celebrate whenever they come and receive the body and blood of Christ is thanksgiving. It's the time when we come and give thanks for all that God has done for us, and and particularly for what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. But it's an opportunity for us to give thanks. And the prayer that we pray at the beginning is called the Great Thanksgiving. That's really um, a big part of what we do when we celebrate communion, part of the reason why we do it every week here. Is because it's an opportunity for us to give thanks for all that God has done, for the great things and the small things. And as we incorporate that into our weekly rhythm, gratitude becomes a part of our hearts. It becomes a part of who we are. But it doesn't stop with us. This is what Anne Lamott says. When you're aware of all that has been given to you in your lifetime and in the past few days, it is hard not to be humbled and pleased to give back. Because as God forms us into grateful people, as we become grateful, it's, it's difficult for us to hold our blessings with a tight fist. It's difficult for us to be stingy. As we recognize how blessed we are, as we're filled with the joy of that, we want to share that. We want to be able to share the things that God gives to us because we recognize that even though gratitude doesn't make everything better, it makes us better in everything. Whenever we're going through hard times, we're better able to withstand them whenever we're grateful because we know that even though we're going through them, that we're not going through them alone. And that God is working to bless us and help us in ways that maybe we didn't notice at first, and yet that are powerful and life-changing. And whenever we're in situations where things are going well, when we feel like we're on the mountaintop, we're able to enjoy that even more, and then to share it with others. And as our hearts begin to move to the rhythms of gratitude, we want to share God's blessings with others. We want to be able to share that. Because whenever we feel grateful, whenever we recognize that everything we have is a gift, then we want to share that with others. We bless others because God has blessed us so greatly. And so we've, you can use the weekly rhythms. I guess those are kind of action steps, but I've got a couple others just in case. So we've got no excuses for not practicing this this week, right? So if your action steps this week, each night before you go to bed, practice the prayer of examine. 
write down blessings from God. And, and there's an insert in your bulletin. It's, uh, it says thanks at the top, and then it has uh, lines for each day of the week. And, and keep that for a week and either set it by your nightstand or someplace where you'll find it. And, and write down your blessings every night and, and see if you're not surprised by the things that God is doing in your life, by the many ways that you're blessed. And thank God for them. And then give others a reason to be thankful. As you find yourself blessed this week, as you're giving thanks, think, how can I pass this on? How can I share this with someone else? If someone is kind and holds a door open for you, then maybe you can hold the door open for the next person. Or if God has blessed you in some way, then find a way that you can bless someone else. Because gratitude doesn't stay with us. And if it does, it might not be gratitude. It's just euphoria, maybe. But God, as we become grateful, it overflows. And we share it with others. And in that way, the world is changed. I, uh, one of my hobbies is, um, is playing with wood. Woodworking is too generous a term, and so I don't want to use that. But I, I like to cut wood and put holes in it and, and sand it sometimes. And, and so uh, I had this, this block, this wooden block, and, and I also like pens. And so I, I, I got this drill press that was, uh, I got from my father-in-law. And so you know I just drilled a bunch of holes straight down, and I had a pen block. And um, as you can see, it is very functional. It's a, I used a damaged piece of wood, so if I messed it up, I wouldn't be sad about it. And, and so it turned out really great. And, and I, I've got to be honest, it may not look like much, but I was pretty proud of myself after I finished that. I mean, it's, it holds three pens really well. You can see it has capacity for nine. I mean, <laughs> I know. So, so I, I, I made this, and then after I was done, I set it on our kitchen table, and, you know, I couldn't resist, so I put a few pens in it and then went uh, into the bathroom and I was getting ready, and, um, and then my daughter came in, and she said, Daddy, look, and, you know, I probably should have seen this coming, but whenever she saw pens inside the pen block, she thought it was a good opportunity to use them on the pen block, and so she wrote all over it and decorated it for me. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't have any big plans for this, but I made it, and uh, I wasn't planning on painting it, so I didn't really want pen marks all over it, and so I was kind of frustrated. And, uh, and so I, you know, started to, you know, I'm not going to imitate my scolding voice because I'm a little embarrassed about it, but, you know, I, I proceeded to do, you know, the dad thing. And then I looked a little bit closer at what she had written. She's four years old. And she figured out how to spell mom a few weeks ago. And uh, so I was trying to get her to, to spell dad, but it never quite stuck until this time. This was the first time she ever wrote dad by herself. And I realized as I was starting to scold her that this, what was frustrating me, was actually an amazing blessing. And, you know, that was, you know, a piece of junk that I was planning on, you know, not really doing anything with, and now it's so precious to me. I'm so grateful that I have that, and my daughter showed her love for me in that. Afterward, we did have a talk about appropriate surfaces for writing, but but (laughs) mostly I said thank you. (laughs) But whenever we're grateful, we see things differently. Whenever I was able to look at that through the lens of gratitude instead of my own frustration, it changed it completely. Whenever we're grateful, whenever we look at the world, whenever we allow God to change our hearts and to make them grateful, we see things differently, and we live differently as well, because we know that God is good. And so we characterize our lives by thanking God, because his steadfast love endures forever. Will you pray with me? God, we're so grateful that your steadfast love does endure forever.
that whatever things may look like, your love is greater than anything else. And there's no power, no circumstance that can overcome it. So God, we trust in your love. We trust you and we say thank you. Thanks. Thanks for all the ways that you bless us. Thank you for the people we love in our lives. Thanks for who you are. And we thank you especially for sending your son that he taught us what love really looks like and that he taught us to pray saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.